everyone. Welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast. By and for millennial and Gen Xer types from a left-wing perspective, it is Saturday, March 13th, 2021. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. We have another big snowstorm event happening right now. Denver, we're expected to get anywhere from 12 to 24 inches of snow over the next 48 hours, so there's that. Yes, that is what we call a March Superstorm or Snowmageddon or whatever you want to call it over here, uh, Snowpocalypse. Um, It was 70 degrees on Tuesday, (laughs) and we're about to get upwards of two feet of snow. It was originally calling for about 40 inches of snow, um, but it has lightened up a bit, it seems. So it's a super heavy snow when it happens in the spring. Um, All the trees have kind of come back from hibernation or whatever you call it. So they're full of water, um, and it's not going to get cold, so the snow is really wet, which causes a lot of damage because trees fall down and we lose power. So that's kind of what we're prepared for, but um, yeah, snow day over here. Yeah, it's supposed to to get windy tonight and tomorrow too, like 30, 40 mile per hour winds, so that's fun. Uh, It's just a big old mess. We're used to it, so we're stuck inside, decided we'd give you all a podcast. That's right. And we have some things to talk about. Uh, I know Rachel's got a docket of them, so what do you want to talk about? Well, um, I mean, people are getting their stimulus checks, which is cool. We haven't gotten ours yet, so there's that. Um, Just because we have big banks. Well, yours isn't, mine is not, isn't not a huge bank, uh-uh. but people that use it's like... a highly dysfunctional one, though, so... <laughs> apparently people that have credit unions or they have those apps that they get their money early... Um, or those like online banks, those people are getting their stimulus checks like right away. And then if you have like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, like you have to wait a couple days. Yeah. Why that is, I have no idea other than that big banks suck. Right. Um, I don't know, but that's been making the rounds on Twitter. But anyway, everybody is either getting your 1400 or you'll have to take it out of your taxes if you didn't file or filed jointly and aren't living with your spouse as many people are and right um as part of that bill there was a lot of really good things that came out of the bill um one of them i think is interesting and there's a tweet about it and i just wanted to talk about it real quick so one of them is that you can um cobra which is the health insurance that you get if you get fired or laid off it's incredibly expensive, right? It, you know, you yeah, it's like a thousand a month. It's like a, it's at least a thousand dollars a month. It's completely you're used unaffordable. To paying, you know, eighty or ninety, and so now you find yourself unemployed, and your health insurance. Some people have to keep their health insurance, um, and you can't really afford Cobra. So part of the bill is extending Cobra and making it free to stay on Cobra for the rest of 2021, which mm-hmm. is good. Except this tweet comes from. Uh, at Axe Comrade, the Democrats just spent $52 billion to subsidize COBRA for 1.3 million people until September. That's $40,000 per person for less than six months of health insurance. Most countries <laughs> spend about five to 6000 per, per person per year for universal health care. Mm-hmm. Right? So $52 billion so that people who are laid off or unemployed continue to have shitty health insurance. 
At $40,000 for six months, that's crazy. Yeah, it's a reminder how fucked the system is. Now, right. obviously, you weren't going to fit something in this bill to fix the system. No. And you have to do triage to make sure people have health care. No, like, I'm glad they did it, right? But, I'm not complaining it, that they did it. But it's another blinding, glaring spotlight yeah. on how fucked our system is. Like, we could not do that, and we could just have universal health care and yeah. pump that $52 billion in, and it would cover lots more people for a lot longer. Well, that's the, that's the big conversation. Are we finally chipping away at this idea that subsidized, socialized, medicine is bad or evil or is rationed and you can't get health care in Canada and the UK. I think most people I understand think, by now that's bullshit. I think COVID went a long way toward this yeah. because this is a, a health crisis and it's one of those things. It's not like AIDS, right? Where it just affects certain types of people with certain kinds of lifestyles or behavior sets. This is something that affects everybody. And the idea that we could live in a world where based on your employment or based on your financial status, you could die of COVID because you don't have insurance. I think, you know, changed things for a lot of folks around health insurance. I hope, mm -hmm. I hope. And I hope that when we get clear of this um, and we start to really think about what we want the world to look like, this is one of those things that is easy to get rid of, mm -hmm. right? Or easy to bring about new change. I don't know if easy is the word, but possible uh, possible i think the impetus to do it and <clears throat> there will be enough public support now remember you know we go back to 1993 again and hillary clinton was pretty visionary with her idea of i mean even before that i think nixon had designs on it too and you had all this pushback from you know the the medical industry and their lobbyists saying socialized medicine yeah. socialized medicine is going to look like the soviet union you're going to have to yeah. we're going to have to ration care Right. Doctors uh, won't make as much money. Yeah. Now, the difference, of course, in a lot of these countries that have socialized medicine is that they also have subsidized college. Mm -hmm. So in the United States, when you go to medical school and become a doctor, you're saddled with an incredible amount of student loan debt. Yeah. Doctors are supposed to pay money, right, to be a doctor. That's why some people go into the field, although I doubt they actually become doctors, a lot of them. Um, so that may be a real concern, right? But... But at the same time, like, I think you're right that, like, maybe not easy, but maybe finally possible to talk honestly about, like, I don't know, reforming a lot of things. Like, it's not just one thing, right? Right. Well, <clears throat> that's the problem that conservatives have right now. You have 75 percent approval for the bill that just passed. And in some polls... Yeah. I mean, at worst, you're looking like 50% of even Republicans are okay with it. Yeah. So they're really pissing in, into the wind trying to push back on this thing, crying socialism. Um, and, you know, maybe that's just a product of just the desperation of the times because of COVID and in, in good times of something like this with, with, with these sort of reforms. Because like you said, there's a lot... A lot that went into this bill that's way under the radar. Anybody yeah. one that talks about is the fourteen hundred dollar checks, but you have stuff that went after child poverty, child health care, food subsidies. Yeah, there was a lot of really progressive good stuff in the bill to the point where I've just completely tuned out. Like the people on my left who didn't want it. Yeah, like, I mean, even AOC. yes, we didn't get absolutely everything we wanted. We never will in a bill. No, but you know the. This was a really transformative bill with a lot of really good, really progressive stuff yes. in it. And it sucks that, you know, we can only get that because of a crisis. Right. 
but it is what it is. But I mean, the Great Depression also brought out, right, the New Deal. Right. Sometimes this country has to go into absolute chaos and crisis and near destruction to come back and say, like, oh, we are actually a community and maybe we should take care of each other. Yeah. And something like people dying of starvation in the streets or people dying of preventable deaths because of a pandemic, maybe that's the thing that we need. And it does suck that that's where we are. Yeah, if not for the Great Recession, we may not have gotten the ACA. I want to talk really quickly. Yeah, totally. I want to talk about another thing that's in it that if you don't spend a lot of time in the disability activism world may not make sense. But for disabled folks, people on disability, one of the things they talk about a lot is um, marriage equality. Mm -hmm. And for disabled folks, marriage equality does not exist. Because if you get married and you're on disability, the likelihood that you're going to get kicked off of disability or lose benefits because of an increase in shared income, right, means that most disabled people do not get married. Mm. Um, but what one of the things that this bill did was give dependents a $1,400 check in addition to the tax filer. Yeah. So college kids who are living in a dorm, right, they can get $1,400 as well. That also includes a lot of people that are disabled. As dependents, they also get their $1,400 check, which I think is really important and something that flies under the radar, but really is important. And I'm I'm really happy that that was in there. Cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> because the Republicans knew they couldn't stop this, they, they tried for a week or two to say it's not bipartisan. Isn't isn't that a big deal? The American public said, I don't give a fuck. Right. So now they've turned to culture war stuff in the most really ridiculous ways. They've got yeah. very excited about Dr. Seuss earlier this week, which yeah. we'll talk about in case yeah. you don't know what that's all about. Yeah. They got very excited about Mr. Potato Head. I, we're, I'm not making this up. You're no, thinking no. like, if you haven't been paying attention and you're like, oh really, when this $1.9 trillion bill was being passed, the Republicans are talking about Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, yes. yes. Um, and then what else? What else have they been talking about? Uh, stuff like that, right. basically. Yeah. Um, should we bring up Dr. Seuss? I guess. Yeah, we were gonna do a segment about cancel culture just generally. So yeah, yeah I, I do think we want to talk about it. <laughs> so Dr. Seuss, as you know, is dead. Um, his estate controls now. You know his his books. So obviously, they're still in print. They're very popular. Um, I love Dr. Seuss growing up. Yep. Huge fan. So um, basically what happened is the estate of Dr. Seuss, among the very most popular ones you've heard of, you know, Green Eggs and Ham and Horton Hears a Who and The Cat in the Hat, he had some very obscure kind of older ones that had some really pretty awful racist imagery in it. Yeah. We're talking like African people with like bones through their nose and really horrible stereotypes of Asian people. Mm-hmm. You know, the typical shit you would see in the 30s and 40s. Yep. And not to excuse it, but... Yep. Uh, so the Dr. Seuss estate said, you know what? It's about time we, we, we pull these. First yeah. of all, they're not popular. Mm-hmm. They're obscure. Nobody really buys them. Right. And they've got this horrible racist imagery in them. And, like, it does sully the estate of Dr. Seuss and the and the sort of, like, the good things that his work did do. Mm-hmm. Why keep the racist stuff in there? Nobody reads those books anyway, and why, why would we want that published? Right. So they pulled it. They were just like, no, we're not going to publish these anymore. Yeah, and I guess, I guess they made a public announcement of it rather than... And quietly doing it. They didn't really, though. It they, was I mean, like a release to some publishers and libraries, and I they, think. They leaked and to they the leaked press. to the press. Sure. And it became a huge thing. Yeah. So, but that aside, there, there are reasons for doing so. 
that's how it happened. It wasn't mm-hmm. any politician. It wasn't any movement. The books are not banned. There was not a moveon.org petition that nope. anybody signed. Nope. Nope. There was not pressure. Uh, the, there was no congressional hearing. Now, sure, I've seen this come up on blogs over the years. Like, oh, yep. could, do you know that Dr. Seuss printed a lot of racist shit? Yep. Like, I've seen that for years. I yep. knew I've, We've known about that. Yep. But there wasn't any sort of big organized movement to cancel Dr. Seuss. No. Or even these books. Yep. So what the Republicans... In fact, they're so obscure, I had never heard of most of them. I, I, I did, when I was growing up, read um, the Mulberry Street one. And yeah. then I... And yeah, I think I, that one was in on my school library, actually, when I was a little kid. We owned it when I was a kid. Yeah. I don't remember. I guess it was the like anti-Chinese yeah, uh, thing yeah. that was in there. I don't remember that book Yeah, well. I don't know if I had a copy, but I've definitely seen it. Yeah. In any event, so the Republicans, their light bulb goes on. Aha! Aha! The Democrats want to cancel Dr. Seuss. Right. And so Kevin McCarthy went as far as to defiantly read Green Eggs and Ham as if Green Eggs and Ham was being pulled. Wasn't. <laughs> Which obviously it wasn't. wasn't. Uh, I wish that he would have read the some of the other books. The ones that did get pulled, right? Or no, I wish that he had read, like, if he loves Dr. Seuss just so very much. If he just thinks Dr. Seuss is the greatest author He should have read the Lorax. He should have read the fucking Lorax. <laughs> yeah. And then voted for the Green New Deal. Right. Right. But no... So for about a week, you know, Donald Trump was showing pictures of his kids with Dr. Seuss books as if that was going to trigger us somehow, (sighs) which is very stupid. But this is the kind of thing they do. They're so out of gas now. There's no Trump. Uh, Democrats are passing popular legislation. They have to try to find something to whip people up. Yep. And I don't think generally conservatives really cared much about Dr. Seuss. I know they did not like the Lorax. Right. Because they remember about 10 years ago now, a movie version came out. And they were very bent out of shape about that. Yes. They were like, this is indoctrinating children at the theaters. There was like a couple of, I don't remember if it was elementary or junior high classes that were going to go see it. And that was like, there were protesters outside of the movie theaters. Fox News was Trying to cancel Dr. Seuss. So canceling Dr. Seuss was very much a Republican (laughs) thing about 10 years ago. Everybody forgets. Mm -hmm. But now, I mean, it's just so disingenuous. It would would piss me off if anybody cared. The fact that nobody really cares and it's stupid and distracting makes, pisses me off less. But you know, you have Republican politicians going as far as to actually tweet, Joe Biden is canceling Dr. Seuss. As if Biden had anything to do with anything. <laughs> right. or, or like, Joe Biden is doesn't want your kid to read The Cat in the Hat. Right. Um, okay. Cat in the Hat being canceled. Now, yeah. I want to talk about cancel culture generally. I wish the movie version of The Cat in the Hat would be canceled. I mean, if the, all of the movie versions of Dr. <laughs> Seuss books, the live action ones I mean specifically. Yeah, the car- I love the cartoon, the cartoon Cat in the Hat. Um, it was one of my favorites. But yeah, yeah, the, the, the cartoon movie with Grinch Jim Carrey, like, no. Any live action Dr. Seuss can be canceled. Um... But cancel culture is just a new name for the same thing we've been dealing with forever. Yeah. Um, it used to be political correctness. Right. And then it was, um, uh, you know, Milo can't go to Berkeley. So it was like, you know, free expression. Oh, we have Milo and, news too. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, free, you know, the the uh, obstruction of free expression and, and free speech. And the free speech argument worked for a while until everybody sort of realized like, it's not actually the government doing anything, right? The government is not putting you in jail or Dr. Seuss in jail, right? No, none of that's happening. So then they had to kind of switch it around. And then it was, there was even a show, Bill Maher show, Politically Correct, right? Yeah. Which was sort of against the idea that you shouldn't say things that are intentionally bigoted, um, which is all that this is, right? This is just a backlash against things are changing. And the fundamental difference between 
progressives and leftists and conservatives is the idea that we want to move forward and they don't want anything to change. Yeah. And so no matter what, it no is. matter what it is. And it, they'll, they'll fight to the death for things they don't even like just because they don't want anything to change. And they don't like the idea that they may have been wrong. They may have liked something that now in retrospect is problematic. I think my generation's done a pretty good job of being like, oh, rewatching XYZ 90s movie is really cringy, right? Like we have all been able to kind of look at the shit we watched when we were kids and go, that does not hold up. That yeah, was problematic but in this you know, way or the, that way. The difference is we're not, we're not creating like sandwich boards and saying, you know, pull this movie from the shelves. We're just saying, like, I rewatched it and it's problematic. Yeah. And so when we say that, we're accused of trying to pull it from the shelves, which is really weird. Or like, yeah. I, I mean, like, we're, we're being critics. <laughs> like, right. you can still do that. You can always, we've always had critics, right? And just because. Like, very rarely does anybody say when Sunday felt like this thing from the past is objectionable, it should be banned. That's very rare. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's definitely value in this thing from the past is really problematic, and so let's not continue to print it, like Dr. Seuss. I mean, it state. has to be pretty. I mean, yes, but I'm talking about what they accuse us of. What our dads accuse us of is getting things canceled and pulled and erased. The only time we even think about like doing that, if it's like something that's a very clear and present danger, I would say. I think there are examples. Uh, I was thinking about Louis C.K. And he made this movie that <clears throat> was going to be released kind of right in the middle of Me Too. And right before the movie was about to be released, all the shit came out about Louis C.K. Sure. Masturbating yeah. in front of fellow comedians yep. and just being a general fucking creep. Yes. The film is about a middle-aged, fat, white guy, comedian who does inappropriate things toward women. <laughs> and it's just very clearly like autobiographical. I don't think he knew he was gonna have this Me Too moment, right? I don't yeah. think that he really thought that this was gonna happen when he was making the movie a couple years before, You mean before, like right? all, the, all the Woody Allen movies where the plot totally. is, is like a guy having an a, a affair with yes. a girl who's 20 years old? Yes. I mean, seriously, we're gonna talk about Alan B. Farrow in a minute. Mm -hmm. but. So as a result of it coming out that he is a creepy perv who did gross things to women, he didn't release the movie. And that was a choice that he made, and it was also, I don't think, his own choice. I think nobody was going to take that movie and release it, given what had happened, right? Nobody was going to... Well, it, but this it, isn't, it was self-protection from further humiliation at that point. To that, and also I just think that the studios were like, I am not going to pay to have that movie go out <laughs> under our name. The, yeah. If you love capitalism so much, this is the market working, right? right. Well, yeah, there's that too. You know, they, they, whenever the free market actually does Works something the way. <laughs> the way they say it should, then they get mad and call it censorship. Right, right. So it's just a very, all of it's bullshit. Any argument that they make can always be boiled down to why it's bullshit. But it's the same thing we've been talking about since Reagan started the culture wars, really. Since about the 70s and 80s, I would say, is when... Well, it goes further back than Reagan. It goes further back than that, but there was a, a marked time in the 1980s where religion became entwined in politics in a way that it never had before. And there's a really good book on this that I forget the name of that I read when I was in college, precisely about how the move from religion going into politics fundamentally changed the Republican Party and the conservative movement. You know, we were watching The Crown, you and I, and watching Margaret Thatcher, whew, 
It's hard because she's just a fucking monster. Played very well by Jillian Anderson. Played beautifully by Jillian Anderson, and Alec Baldwin can suck a dick. Um, I don't even know what his deal is, but who cares? God, who cares? He's going to quit Twitter, so great. Um, <laughs> anyway, watching her and, and the backlash that she gets from her cabinet and the, mel- the fellow members of her party was largely about, like, you have a lack of compassion. Conservative ideals are really about being moderate and doing things in moderation, doing things slowly and yeah, having compassion. Yeah, maybe once, once right. a Right, and I think before her and before Reagan, that was true, that, that there was a different before, flavor. I'd say before Nixon. There was a different flavor. Yeah. And in the 80s and right before the 80s, right, they're just, people saw a moment. They saw an opportunity. There's all these people in pulpits every week, and they're not being proselytized to about politics. And so they started going into churches and proselytizing, and it's illegal because churches are tax deductible <laughs> places, but they do it in still careful ways, right? Eh, not really anymore. Not, not, not that much. They, no. they had to start out that way, and there was a bunch of lawsuits anyway. Let's right. get into the weeds. But I think it really changed how the culture wars, I think it was kind of the beginning of those, of what we see now as the culture wars, right? Abortion, gay marriage, the like wedge issues that bring people on the right out. And this is just kind of part of that, right? It's part of this idea that like everything we've ever said and done is always okay because it was us. And if I said the N word 10 years ago, you can't hold me accountable for that. And don't people just make mistakes? The whole idea, right, about cancel culture and political correctness really boils down to we don't think that things should be different. And, and there should be no accountability when, yeah. when you do things that are deemed socially irresponsible or unacceptable. We shouldn't even deem things socially unacceptable. Well, sure, sure. We shouldn't do that is what their argument is. I don't care if it hurts your feelings to say the N-word. I should be allowed to say it. <laughs> and, like, the thing is, nobody's saying you don't have the right to say it. You do. Yeah, and I'm I have just the right to call you a racist. You. I'm going to call you a racist, and then I'm not going to buy your book or watch your movie or whatever it is. And you know what? I might tell other people that they should consider that too that's right now, and if then you if want enough to call people that censorship hear you do that horrible thing that you absolutely have the right to do and there is backlash about it that is also part of free speech here's the thing with that though um we're a very forgiving people i don't know if that's an american cultural thing but i think naturally uh, people of all stripes <laughs> we, we do want to forgive and move on i we like um and that might be like maybe a Christian thing. Yeah. Uh, we like reclamation stories, yeah. right? We like, yeah. uh, the problem is that we know when an apology is not sincere yeah. or when you say something and then you don't hold to those ideals. Yeah. Um, one example I want to bring, and it's not talked about that much, but I think a lot of people who experienced it remember it, was the segregationist George Wallace, who really at his core, if you know his story, he really wasn't that. He got kind of... He kind of went with it for political expediency. Um, he wound up uh, being shot and paralyzed, and he spent his last days in a wheelchair going to black churches and apologizing, basically groveling. And his, his career in politics was done. Uh, maybe he cared about like his history and legacy to an extent, but... His history and legacy does not reflect that. Right. And I don't know that it should. No, but my... But good. Yeah, no. I mean, my point is, here was this just broken man in a wheelchair with nothing else to gain politically, and, and he, I guess he wanted to save his own soul at that yeah. point. Um, but the point is, like, <laughs> you, tell, you say it's cancel culture. If you, if you step in it 
and, and let's say let's say you're not and just an avowed racist who got caught. Yeah. Let's say you are somebody who, for whatever reason, said or did a very racist thing, and and you you quite honestly didn't mean it, or you are actually regretful about it, mm-hmm. and you want to you want to make amends for it. You can do that in this society. Yeah. You you can. Yep. Um, you know you you can be forgiven and come back, but you have to you can't just say it once. It has to be a pattern that that's clear to people. So mm-hmm. the opportunity is there to totally. not be canceled or to be uncanceled. Yeah. Problem is that's what these people are. They have no intention of of taking back anything they said. Well, and I think it ties in really well to like the idea of white fragility, right? And and white defensiveness that we as a people, the dominant culture, right? Um, are so rarely called to account for anything that when someone says, hey, that thing that you did or said is racist or hurt my feelings or whatever it is, the immediate instinct is not to say, oh my God, hold on, let me take a step back and what happened, I didn't realize what happened, what did I do, how can I make amends? The immediate instinct is to get defensive and say nothing I did was wrong, I don't regret it, I was a different time, I'm a different person and I know, or not even that usually, it's just like it was a different time, I don't regret it, Um, blah, blah, blah. So I think it ties into that, like the idea that we don't, we, we just are not a people that are very good at being held accountable for anything. Um, no. And therefore, cancel culture feels harder because you, if you are unable to just say, hey, look, I'm really sorry and I learned from this, uh, then yeah, you continue to be canceled. I think about Sarah Silverman a lot. She's been doing this podcast, like a video podcast or whatever you want to call it. And she's been getting a lot of shit Um, And I think rightly so for some of the stuff she said and did back in the day. Um, I do think there's some deeply sexist undertones to a lot of it. Sarah Silverman was very much a comedian out of the comedians of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, She's one of the only women that really made it out of that scene. Um, I don't think she was doing anything any differently from any of the other comedians that came up in that day day and age, but she's the only one that's being held accountable for it. And she's not shying away from it. She's talking about, yeah, when I did the roast of this person or when I hosted the VMAs and said that about Britney Spears or when I did, I mean, she's saying like she's getting called out and she's like, yeah, that was awful. I watched that and I cringe. I wish I had never said it. Um, I would never say it now. And sometimes she'll provide context about like what, you know, the situation was. But like, I think, you know, she said some pretty hurtful things over the years and I don't hate her. So she's taking accountability. (laughs) Yeah. She actively, constantly is going back through things she said and done and saying, I'm sorry. I think the more frustrating thing about somebody like Louis C.K. is he kind of does that and he kind of backs off and he kind of does it. The problem is. His fans, his supporters just will not relent yeah. on trying to tell us he did nothing wrong and how dare we besmirch the great Louis C.K. Yeah. That, that's just what kills me. Well, and and I you think, know I've, I've, always, yeah. I've always had a skeezy thing about that guy before any of this came out. Yeah. So I don't have a dog in the fight because I was never a fan. I was a giant fan. Right. But, you know, there's different levels of accountability, Right. But I also think he didn't, I mean, he, he did this weird thing, I think because of the fans, that like he, he tried to maybe be sorry. He said a good apology statement yeah, and then he did it. shut up for a while, yeah. which is what he said he was going to do. <laughs> yeah. And then he kind of just like forced himself on people again. And I Ugh. say that by, by which I mean, he just started showing up at comedy clubs yeah. and getting on without telling anyone he was going to be there. And frankly, 
I would be very upset if I was sitting in a comedy club in New York City and Louis C. fucking K walked in. I would walk out. Right. So he, what the message was, he didn't really get it. Well, and then what happened was he started kind of trying to like make jokes around it to apologize. And people were pissed that he was back, and people said a lot of things about being pissed about that. And so instead yeah, of him... Yeah, too soon is a thing. Yeah, and instead of him going, shit, sorry, he kind of did the opposite, this thing that men sometimes do, which is like, okay, well, I'm going to double down then, and I didn't do anything wrong, and yeah. this is cancel yep. culture, and this yep. is bullshit, and I'm being censored, and you can't just say anything anymore. Like, he, he went yeah. that route, which yeah. is like, I was surprised, because he knows yeah, fucking I thought, better than I, that, he's <laughs> smarter than that. I thought at that point he was going to show up on Fox and Joe Rogan, and I guess he didn't go that far. Right. But, you know, yeah, no, I mean, it just, it reinforces the fact that maybe he's just a selfish prick, right? Like, he had the... He's in- not really sorry, I don't think. No, he had the in- he had the right instincts, but it yeah. was it was all sort of this this duality of his own self like he knew he did these horrible things so he tried to compensate by acting like a feminist yeah but he really wasn't and isn't well but he knew the horrible things that men can do and how they think because he's one of those because he's because he's one of them right sure and, and maybe and i think he feels weird about that maybe there's an element in all of us feminist guys that we think about things we've done from the past or things we thought at least mm-hmm. or things we said and we are trying to, you know, uh, atone for that in some way. Mm. But I am never going back to that. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not I'm not getting to a place where, like, OK, that feels better. Now I can go back to being a creep. Right. Right. Like that's the that's the difference, I think, in, right. in a large ways. I mean, it has to be it has to become a sincerely held belief. You have to really come at it from the idea that they might be right. Mm-hmm. You know? And then once you realize how right they are, then it becomes something that you can't really go back from. Well, it's letting your ego disintegrate yeah. and then building it back up based on the person you want to be. Yeah. And the, the and, some, and some guys have, are incapable of that. Yes. I they mean, just they're are. incapable of even going the first step, which yeah. is allowing their ego to do anything other than protect itself. Yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, that's just one example, but... Um, do you want to talk about Milo real quick? Yes, but then I want to talk about shitty men again. Um, maybe well, this I mean, is... it's on the topic. Yeah. So Milo Yiannopoulos, I'm not going to remind you who he is. He, uh, this this lasted an hour, then completely faded away because he's so irrelevant now. But it yes. was just, I don't know if amusing is the word for it because it's really gross. But I guess it's amusing the way these people he's using got played. Always, yeah. Uh, he did an interview with this horrible super Christian uh, publication I forget what it's called and said I'm no longer gay mm-hmm. um, I I guess it was a pitch for conversion therapy yep. he wasn't super specific on the therapy he was getting no. and he said I'm, I'm no longer gay my husband is just has been demoted to housemate but then if you keep reading he admits that he really is still totally gay and he just doesn't have sex much anymore so, okay, um, and and then of course the publication was spinning it as see you can you can recover from from being gay and they they of course they 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 defended him they said you know the liberals tried to cancel him and he had this bold you know conservative yeah. ideas and he was a flat out racist like literally hanging out with neo misogynist too I mean he's yeah. the worst kind of way gay. But I mean this absolutely reeks of like, my name has not been in the news for yeah. several months. 
you know. What is I, something totally shocking I could do? Right. What is something that will just like, oh my God, right? Blow the socks off everybody. And you could somebody just, pay attention to You me. could just read between the lines and see how he was playing these people yeah. just by what he said. Right. He's like, oh yeah, sometimes I slip up and, you know, I still live with my husband, but he's just a housemate. It's like, dude, come on. Stop. <laughs> he knows full well. He's not even, yeah. It's just for money. It's it. It's for clicks it's like and the, money and let's publicity. Let's think about who has money and who is the stupidest, most gullible, idiot fucking people on earth. And it's uh, homophobes who believe in conversion therapy. So <laughs> maybe I can just pretend to be one of them. Yeah. And they already agree with me about all my racist stuff. So if I just like switch into being not gay anymore and say it's totally fine to um, terrorize gay kids... They'll love me even more, and then I'll get more money. I don't think it worked. I, as well, far as it's him for getting, getting his attention. name back in the news. Like, I, it worked for about five minutes. It was a and Twitter then, spike for a day. Yeah, I don't. I only heard about it because of you. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it's interesting, or not. I mean, I don't know. He's. I'm again, though. This is one of those things that, like, it's the idea that if you deplatform someone, it doesn't work. It just gives them more power. Right? Is the argument that's always made. And Milo, yeah, how's that working for Donald Trump? And Donald Trump, there's it's. Does anybody bullshit. know anything Donald Trump has said in the past? It is two months. Always been bullshit. It is yeah. an excuse because you don't want to deplatform these people because it causes buzz, right? So you're mm-hmm. going to allow them to say racist, hateful, insightful things. Yeah, you get clicks because you get clicks and you get money. Um, once you deplatform people, yeah. What does Donald <laughs> Trump have to say about anything? It's I have like, no idea. It's like watching the media falling over themselves to criticize Biden about something. Like, look, we've said it again. But you know, Joe Biden is not our ideal president. He's not our ideal guy. <laughs> he's doing a fine job right now, given the circumstances, and he's showing compassion, which is what we expected and is great. Yeah. For the time being. Yeah. Um, the media was so addicted to all of the crazy shit Trump said yeah. that now they're like, they're bored. he's not giving press conferences. He's not giving Trump enough credit for the vaccine. Right. He's, his dog bit somebody. His dog bit a secret service. And it's like, that's, the, that's, that's all you got. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you they're got. They're bored. They're bored. Like, even like Ted Cruz knows it. He wrote a thing this morning like, Biden is boring. <laughs> and it's yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what we've been craving. It's supposed to be. That, that is supposed what we've to be been boring. desperate for for four years. Yeah. Is a boring president who acts like a fucking president. Yeah. I mean, I would prefer something more progressive, but yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Well, like, right Joe now, fine. he's doing very progressive things. It's fine. So. He's fine. And there's more on the way. He's he's we're we're looking at voting rights. We're looking at infrastructure. I, you know, he's also I will say I'm not going to not criticize him either. Um, there are still kids in fucking cages. Yeah, and more and more and more. Yeah, he's no, not no, no, the policy. no. He has not. What he what he has done as he's built more humane conditions for them. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, oh, good. That's something. But, no. Um, well, it I, is not. That is a fucked up band-aid to give them better conditions like great but in terms of harm reduction that is an insult yeah now it is immoral to have these children in concentration camps and he's like what if i give them nicer pillows in the concentration camps now in his defense what the fuck the outgoing you know ice and um you know, Homeland Security have not provided any information to try to reunite these kids. So for the time he's being, in charge kind of, of them. stuck with them. He's in charge of these people. Yeah. He's in charge of ICE. He's in charge of these people. 
And there are more migrants coming across the border now, in part because Donald Trump's not the president anymore. Mm-hmm. And he, there's people on the right that want to be like, oh, Joe Biden has open borders. And so instead yeah. of just being and they're like, bringing, yeah. They're bringing COVID, even though it's the flu and nothing to worry about. And who cares? Okay, so, but, okay. So, yeah, there are more migrants coming to the border, which makes sense. And instead of being like, yeah, we have compassion in this country. Um, he's like, well, we're going to put nicer pillows, but we're going to still put their kids in cages. Like, it is morally reprehensible and very offensive to me, and I am very upset about it. Yeah, we, still, need, we, need, to fix, we need to fix that. And but, we're in March. I realize it's only two months, but yeah. it should have been day one. Stop. Let them out. And let's figure out what to do with them. But this is not this is not a, an okay thing to have. They're like, well, they're still in there, so I guess we'll just keep them in there. No, no, no. Well, this is a product of all the shit that needs to be fixed, too, right? Like, where do you start? You got COVID. That's obviously the very, very first thing. You have a great recession bordering on depression. You know, there's still the healthcare crisis. There's the postal crisis. But if we there's consider ice. these children people, which I happen to do. Yes. And we're worried about COVID. I don't think it's very smart to keep them together, right? Prisons and prison camps and encampments are the worst place for COVID. Yeah. So because, especially because these are not like isolated areas, they have to have guards. Guards come in and out. Guards have families, right? Mm -hmm. This is not an enclosed environment. This is an environment where these kids are then going to be exposed to COVID and then they just spread it all around and some of them are just going to die and we're fine with that. And sure. This, like, and the, there are, this and is the not right, okay. the right's going to have a field day when those kids start getting vaccinated too, you can bet. But in any event, no, that is absolutely something that needs to be addressed and we're not going to just ignore it and let Biden off the hook for it. Clearly, he, I'm he, not doing that. He needs to currently. fix that. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things that need to be fixed is my point. There's a yes. lot of things that have been fucked Yes. And now need to be unfucked. And Correct. it's going to take some time to unfuck all the things. I agree. I just think this needs I, to be one of those things we do right fucking now. Okay. That's my opinion. All right. What else you got? Okay. So, um, keeping in theme with just like bad men, uh, <laughs> I'm going to read you a tweet and then we're going to have a conversation about what your reaction is to this and then what happened. Yeah. This woman at Sarah Rads, R-A-D-Z, just says, One time, to be safe, I asked a male friend, parenthetical, who was completely sober, to walk me home so I got home safely. We had a really nice heart-to-heart. Perfect gentleman. A few days later, he murdered a sex worker. So no, not all men, but some men, indistinguishable from other men. Wait, so hold on, hold on. Uh, That that, that totally screwed my brain up. Okay. This guy who's a friend of hers... Yeah. She asked him to walk her home. Walked her home. Ostensibly, they've been friends for a while. Who knows? But he was sober. She asked for a walk home. He did. He was a perfect gentleman. And then a couple days later, he murdered a sex worker. He murdered a sex worker. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I would like to hear more about the story. Um, That's that's quite a lead without more information. Is there a whole thread? No. Oh, that's just it? What is following is a lot of women and a lot of men. And the... Responses are just, for example, one woman, a guy I counted as a dear friend who marched for women's rights in Ireland, raped another friend in our social group, Ugh. right? Um, okay, so then she comes back a few hours later with some screenshots of some of the things that people have said in response, like, okay. quote, tweeting her. Okay. Uh, this guy's obviously going to be great. Skeptical thoughts. Quote, perfect gentleman. Sounds like you're an atrocious judge of character. 
<laughs> it's her fault. It's her fault that the sex worker got murdered. Next. Sounds a lot like she asked this man to murder someone and he did it. Why else would he murder someone only days after called after having this so-called heart-to-heart? Uh, that's a stretch. Admitting you would have joined the Manson family to own the patriarchy. Not sure what that means. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Women really just share this sort of story without considering what it might say about them. What does it say about them? She has bad taste in friends, I think. This is all her fault because she's friends with this guy. I think it says, I was lucky I wasn't the one murdered, is the only thing I can glean if there's something to be said other than what was said. (laughs) There's more. Uh, This guy says, turns out she's too ugly to murder. Uh, This guy says, don't trust nice guys is the message of this tweet, by the way. He's very upset about that. Obviously, he's a nice guy. He's an insult. Uh, makes you wonder about the allegation. Wakes what? 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 Yeah, that's just what he said. Makes makes you wonder about the allegation. Which allegation? That he murdered a sex worker? I don't know. Then there is a quote. Why didn't he want to murder me with a sad looking lady? Wow. Edgelords. They're the best. I mean, it's pretty incredible. Uh, let me find the one where... It's just amazing, like, how much this one. She said, they just hate us so much. This guy says, she's never going to get over this. She goes to bed every night thinking, what did she have that I don't have? Uh, Looking at your avatar, I don't think you were in any danger, lol. What's the avatar? I don't don't get it. I think a picture of her face. Uh, Okay. He wouldn't have murdered the prostitute. Wait, 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 wait. So that joke or that comment is supposed to be that men only murder attractive women? Yeah, she was too ugly to murder. Oh, wait, so that's... I, that's uh, the other one why she was upset. Why didn't he murder me? Right, that these are all... This is a theme here. This is one of the themes here, is that uh, she's upset because he didn't murder her because that the, must mean the, that he's the, not that into the, her. The HN edgelords are... This is my favorite one. Thread. He wouldn't have murdered the prostitute if this chick had slept with him, 100% guaranteed. Okay. So I just think it's really interesting that obviously these are sort of the cream of the crop of horrifying men, but you hear someone say that story and what I think of is like, Jesus Christ, how awful and how terrifying and like you really don't know. You really don't ever know anybody. You don't know men. You don't know. You just never know and you're really never safe. That's just the story of being a woman is that literally nowhere that you are ever in your life, not in your home, not in the street. Not asking your friend for a ride home. Ever, ever, anywhere in the world are you safe. People break into your house, your domestic violence, like, you just aren't safe. And then all these women are like, oh yeah, something like that happened to me. And all the guys are like, your fault, pick better friends, you're just jealous because you didn't murder you, you're ugly. Um, What are these guys, 12? I I mean, but this is not, like, this is a pretty representative sample. And it's like, what is she, she, all she said was, like, not all men, but, like, it's hard to distinguish which ones, right? The snake in the forest. I don't know if the fucking snake is poisonous, and I'm not going to stick around to find out. We have no way of knowing, quote, nice guys. He seemed like a perfect gentleman, and then he murdered a sex worker. Yes, yes. Um, You want to talk about the whole nice guy thing again? Mm -hmm. And... The kind of guys who either feel offended or they feel sort of blocked off from being able to make a connection because of women's caution of men in general, and they take that personally. Right. Like. Right. 
which is weirdly crazy mental gymnastics for women, I can tell you, but go ahead. <laughs> well, like the instances, this still happens a lot. And I, it, maybe it's a public place or this apartment building, maybe it's late at night. And um, a woman is on the elevator and she's going up and it opens up and I'm going in the same direction. And you could tell she looks very uncomfortable with the idea of a strange man getting on the elevator with her. So I just say, I'll take the next one. Right. Or she gets off when it's not actually her floor. Right. Um, there was never a time where I would have been offended by that. But there definitely was a time when I was much younger where I wouldn't have understood. Like, what did I what did I do that I presented myself as threatening? Mm. You know, why mm-hmm. do I feel a little re- rejection? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like... But I would have never have, have been like, oh, you you bitch. Like, I just would have been like, what? What, what happened? What did I do? When I was na- very naive, right. right, about the world. Now that I know the world, it's like I volunteer to get off the elevator in those circumstances. Right. You know, if, especially if, if the body language says I'm not comfortable with yeah. this strange man yeah. in yeah. my presence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, which still happens now and then. And, and please don't strike up a conversation with us. That's the that's like just like, all right, I guess it's happening. No, I never do that. And I'm the opposite, too. I just generally want to keep to myself i'm not yeah you're not thank god <laughs> yeah you know usually if i'm with my dog they say something about the dog so which right. is fine. dogs great. are great icebreakers yes but in any event so but yeah i sp- i'm thinking of like the dating world specifically mm-hmm. and i think a lot of guys that aren't necessarily like would be murderers or rapists although you don't know that yeah. if you if you want to move fast you think you have a connection with a woman and you say, hey, why don't you just come over? And they say, you know, no way. Yeah. The fuck? No, I'm not doing that. Right. You don't think, like, you think I'm a rapist? Like, well, I don't actively think that you're a rapist, but I have no idea if you're right. a rapist or not. And you asking me to come over to your apartment alone is, like, very scary and red flaggy because that means that you don't understand that... Of course, I think you right. might be a rapist. Right. It's not personal. I'm in the I'm in the forest, and I see the snake, and I don't know if it's poisonous. I'm not going to lay down next to it, and you know, be like, why don't you bite me? We'll just see if I die or not. <laughs> You're a cute snake. You're let's... cute enough. Bite me. Let's just see if I die. If I don't die, we'll be fine. No, it's just not really how it works. Yeah, it's not personal. I mean, sometimes it is, right? I think a lot of these men too, they don't even know what they don't know, which is the yeah. unfortunate part. Like, I go to dating profiles and I look at these things, and it's like. For us, it's huge red flags. And I often wonder, like, how do you not know not to say that? Mm-hmm. But that's the fascinating thing is I think they really don't know. They don't even know that saying things like answering an OK Cupid question like, when you're upset, do you throw, smash, and destroy things? And they're like, sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, block? Like, do you understand that that is an honest answer? And I appreciate that. And also... Or the one where no means no. And they're like, well, well sometimes. sometimes. And you're like, all right. <laughs> Cool. I mean, thank you for being the obviously rattlesnake poisonous snake, right? right? You're shaking shaking your your fucking rattle. I got it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Walking the other way now. Don't even, or like the cobra with the big things coming out of the side of their face. Like those are poisonous snakes and we know. It's the guys that walk you home and are super gentlemanly and then murder a sex worker two days later that you're like, I don't know. It's not personal that I don't want to ride an elevator with you. It's just, you might be a rapist or a murderer. I have no way of knowing that. Yeah. I just, I don't roll the dice. Yeah. And... You know, that keeps me safer. You'll never be safe, nope. but safer than otherwise. Right. And I and I get that. But like l- the nice guy thing, let's yeah. talk about that, right? Yeah. Because nice guy, actual nice guys or nice people 
don't never describe themselves as nice. I also think nice is fucking useless, but we can talk about that. Sure, a but th- can you yeah. can you remember anybody who was genuinely nice who described <laughs> themselves that way, no. either on a dating profile or like, you, hi, I'm I'm Frank, I'm Lucinda, I'm nice. No. <laughs> no, and and with, with now let's take it to its very obvious one when it's a guy who's looking to date. Yes. Or get laid or get married or whatever. And they say, I'm a nice guy. I'm one of those nice guys. Don't overlook me. And you're like, oh, here we no, go. No, no, no. Because there's a second there's a second hidden part of that sentence, yep. right? The second part of that sentence is, I'm a nice guy. How come women don't realize that? How yep. come women pass me I have to say it out loud. For these other dudes. Yeah, exactly. That's what nice guy literally means. Is like, like that one tweet was, this tweet is saying, don't, don't trust nice guys by the way that was supposed to be a signal to all the nice guys out there that like this is a man hating woman right because nice guy means i'm actually nice and i'm not gonna rape or murder you <laughs> oh, unless you reject me and then i will definitely hurt here, you. here's a hot tip buddy if the guy walked her home and was a perfect gentleman and then didn't murder a sex worker then you wouldn't have heard about anything like why is that right. hard to understand right right and like you don't get a cookie for that, by right? The way. And and you would have been super pissed if she if she said, a, a guy friend of mine walked me home and nothing happened. Oh, that's nice for a change. You would have been twice as mad. Yes. Because yeah. you would have said like the inference is that something would have happened because men are just naturally rapists. How dare you? Right. Yeah. But nothing happened. And so you can't win. No. Or had she slept with him, right? Well, she wouldn't. My have friend walked that. me home and. You know, he was so nice about it that I just decided to sleep with him, which is not how women work, by the way. <laughs> no. Not a thing that happens. No, not unless not, you have a pre-existing like, attraction or something. No, being like... You don't, give, so, you don't give sex out as cookies no. when men behave themselves. No. I mean, you definitely don't get a cookie if you don't behave yourself. <laughs> but you don't get one just for not being a monster. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not part of how it works. And just being like, you know what? He is nice. I guess I'll fuck him. Also not how it works. No. Just like you don't want to fuck just a nice girl. You want to fuck people that you're attracted to. But then but then if you're, if you're acting nice because you think it's to be rewarded, then you're not actually nice either. That's, mm-hmm. that's the other part of it. Correct. But back That's to, the part of the nice guy. There's always the flip. I'm right. nice, and then I, you don't do what I want you to do or behave exactly so the way that I want. So now I'm not going to be nice anymore. So then I flip, and I call you a cunt, and I scream, and I stalk you for five years. So then you were never nice. Right. You were always a creep. Right. You just thought that if you played this part, then you'll be rewarded with sex. Yes. Okay. So you're not So nice. you literally are the guy we're talking about. Yes. Right? You're the scary guy that we can't always distinguish between. <laughs> right. And, like, this idea that, like... I think what she's trying to bust down when she talks about this in some ways is this idea that people are always coming to the defense of murderers and rapists and people who sexually harass, right? Like, oh, he was always nice to me. He was always good to me. He never did anything weird to me. Like, murderers, rapists, abusers are always nice to somebody. In fact, they're usually nice to most people. They're charming most of the time. They're people who Yeah, otherwise they would've already in. been in prison if they were just out murdering and raping everybody they saw. Right. They wouldn't never blend into society. No. That's what makes it so scary. Right. That's the whole point of the tweet. Yeah, we if they just ran outside you. naked with a machete, then you right. know, they're not going like, to last long. All right. Got it. Yeah. yeah exactly. But anyway, uh, on that topic, let's talk about Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> Oh my God, they're obsessed with this man. The right. 
It's crazy. Like, I'm going to defend him right now. I'm not going to defend him right now. No, My dad keeps bringing him up as though I'm going to be like, but he's so good. He's terrible at his job. And also, he's a fucking asshole. So, like, yeah, that's the difference between it's like, it's funny <laughs> your dad brings that up. Right. Like, yeah, he's horrible and he should leave. That's right. a little different than the way you think of elected Republicans, isn't right. it? I'm not a sycophant. Yeah. He's a bad guy and he's not good at his job. It's not like he was a great governor and he just happened to be a fucking rapist. He's no, just a he was shitty governor. Covering up statistics of nursing home deaths. He's a shitty guy. He he's a shitty governor. To he's a bad at his job. People. Yeah. He, and then he sexually harassed a bunch of women, which is not surprising to me. It's never surprising. And I'm not going to bother playing the game because we know the differences, right? We, yeah. we, we don't want those people in our ranks as Democrats. But there are a weird number of people trying to defend him on Twitter and uh, I'm not seeing a lot of it but I'm many. seeing there's a few a lot of the people that I follow being like who are these people that are defending him like Michael Hobbs <laughs> was saying like I understand all of the crazy fandoms on this website better than Democrats defending Andrew Cuomo like I don't get it and I, I feel the yeah, same they way could like, be, they could be right wing trolls in disguise they could be idiots I don't there know there are sycophants in our party sure oh, oh yeah 100% absolutely 100% Party Absolutely. loyalists who do not give a shit what you do. You no, can you literally can no shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, and if you have a D next to your name, I don't care about it. I don't remember too many for Rob Blagojevich, but that's going, that's going back a ways. Anyway, the point is, when somebody with a D next to their name is is a garbage person, we want them out. Right. We don't double down and defend them. No. And it's very clear at this point, this isn't like a thing like this one person accused no. him of groping and it's vague and it can't be backed up. This listen. is like everybody who's ever worked for him listen. has basically come forward at this it's point. It's never one person. No. Ever. No. Ever. No. In a million years, it's never one person. My best friend just had this weird thing happen. She was getting her house. Uh, she lives in New Orleans. She was getting her house termite proofed, right? They had termites. Mm -hmm. You got to do Tented. the whole tenting thing. Yeah. It's a whole thing like you see in the movies. She had to have that happen. So some guy has keys to her house and he's going to do this whole thing she's going to stay with her mom blah 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 during the course of this this guy Chad is literally his name <laughs> not kidding um, Chad the termite guy Chad the termite guy chatted all over her and just started like hitting on her to his knowledge she is a single woman living alone mm. and he has the keys to her house mm. and he is being completely inappropriate and unprofessional and then disappears with her keys over a long weekend he's unable to she's unable to get a hold of him she's unable to get a hold of her keys she doesn't know what to do and she's terrified right so she contacts the company and said and it's like one of the major companies right and says to like the store she ordered it from or whatever like this is what happened and they're like very focused on the keys <laughs> like well he probably just this he probably just that and she's like no 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 but like I you understand that I'm like concerned as a woman that this is a problem and the manager of the store was like, no, no, Chad's a super nice guy. He's a super nice guy. Like, I wouldn't worry about it. Chad's not like, Good, I'm sure he didn't guy. mean it that way. He's Probably just really his friendly. Kid or something. And so she his goes nephew. to the, the re no, no, no. She gets to the region. This is what happens to women. She gets to the regional manager, right? The guy who's in charge of all the stores of the region where she lives. Yeah. And he's worse. <laughs> of course oh, um, I'm looking at his record. He, I don't see any complaints, and uh, he seems like a good worker. So I'm sure it's nothing. And he's a good worker, so uh, he he's, won't, he's not a rapist. Yeah, I met him once. I think he's fine, right? <laughs> so we were talking about it, and she's obviously super pissed. She had them actually rekey her entire house, um, even after they got a hold of this guy. 
um, which I think was good. And she billed them for it, right? Yeah, no, they paid for it. Good. And then she ended up co- contacting corporate and saying, like, I don't think this is what you want your company to represent. I didn't hear. Did they ever get back to her? Yeah. And then the regional manager and the store manager both called her and said, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand that that's what you were trying to say. Because <laughs> you weren't listening. I didn't get that he's that you felt uncomfortable in your home as oh, a result of that's his exactly actions. what I said. Those are literally the words that came out of my mouth. And you said, I don't know what you're talking about. Basically, you're being hysterical. Chad's a nice guy. As, and if I swear to God, if women just believed men... On the reputation of other men, we would all be dead. All of us would be dead. Yeah. If we were just like, well, a man told me he's fine. Yeah, that's another thing I've talked about before. I don't understand this knee-jerk reaction to defend other gross men. Other men. It's like, just because you're a man, you have to defend all men? I think it's because there's this, there's this fear. And this, again, it goes to this like sexual availability thing. <laughs> that if if women... No, I'm telling you, this is how guys think. Some of them, at least. If women are so afraid of random men being murderers or rapists I'll never get laid because I will never I will never have a chance to show I'm not one of those guys of course that's not how the real world works wow if you're not a creep you and and you know you have some level of something that you can connect to a woman with you'll 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 get laid plenty <laughs> to trust me You'll, it's not like women don't want to have sex is the other thing. Yeah, right. Like, it's not like we too. are like holding this thing that we don't want to do, but we'll give it to you under very specific circumstances if you as, it, a, right. as a as a yeah, a gift, as as a yeah, as a reward for good behavior. It's not how it works. <laughs> we want to get laid just as much as you do. Mm-hmm. We just don't want to die. Right. And we also don't want to get raped. We don't want we want to have well, sex. Well, there's more than that. You don't want to get pregnant. You don't want to get an STD. You don't want to have sex with a man baby who's who's going to show up at your door all the time. There's there's a lot more that goes into it. There is. Women. But yeah. specifically, we want to have sex just as much as you do. We just want to choose who we want to have sex with and when. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what? pretty... How dare you? I mean, I think you also want to have that How choice. How dare just, you? We also want to have it, right? So there's this idea that like we don't... That no women ever want to have sex ever. And that's just not true. And But if but if I put on my suit of armor and act chivalrous, Ugh. then maybe the, you know, the book says I'll, I'll get some. This whole chivalry thing, too, is just so gross. Mm-hmm. It's so gross. That was in the news recently, too, something yeah. about... Do, do, can you refresh yeah. my memory yep. what that was all So about? there was a school in the South who were teaching about the Middle Ages. Oh, Medieval yes. Medieval times. And so they yes. had this curriculum for one week where there was... An, it, the first thing that came out on Twitter was a parent, I think, of, of one of the students who had a daughter. And yeah. the daughter brought home this list of things that she was supposed to do for the week to uh, be a lady, mm. like the middle medieval ladies used to be, right? And so she had to basically serve men. So that included teachers and other boys her age, okay. bring them treats, cook for them, <laughs> always curtsy when they came in the room, never curse, um, uh, be kind. Basically, you have to go on a date with them if they ask you. Um, yeah, that's that's not... You have to dress a certain way. Right. Even in the backwards medieval sense. Right. They have it like completely backwards. Totally wrong. It's also has nothing to do with just like women as a whole and men as a whole. There was like a whole hierarchical structure and who was a lady and all that shit. But, mm-hmm. but regardless of that, it's totally historically inaccurate in a history class, which is interesting. But nonetheless, this was a thing that happened to these girls in high school. Mm-hmm. And then they 
finally found one of the ones for the boys and it was equally as horrifying. Um, not equally, I shouldn't say that. It was like, don't be a dick. Um, stand up when a woman walks in the room. Don't comment on her body. I mean, these are like, maybe we should do this just so that men feel like, get a taste for what it's like to not be horrible for a week. Yeah. I'm not sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was a huge scandal and so gross. And like, well, that that goes to some of the uh, anti-feminist stuff. Like, you can't hold a door for a woman anymore. Oh my god! And it's like, no, nah, you, you 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 can. <laughs> Why don't you just I hold think doors it's for everybody? Super nice when people hold doors for other people, particularly yeah. people who might need help. Right, carrying a bunch of groceries yeah. in their arms, regardless or of any walking their dog thing, age, gender, body, whatever. Just, it's nice to open doors for people. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to be polite and courteous to people. It's nice to... Because my idiot dog will also often get trapped on the other side of the door with the leash going through the door and looking at me helplessly. Right. Which I've tried to catch some pictures of. <laughs> she's dumb. <laughs> I love her so much, but she's yeah. dumb. Because she, like, we're walking into the apartment and she had to stop and sniff something right. interesting. And then, oh, she's stuck outside. It's like she's never seen a door before in her yeah. life and suddenly is very confused that she's on the other yeah, side. Yeah, nine-year-old dog. And she, yeah. But anyway. Anyway. No, I mean, there's nobody... This is, like, the one of those things, like, they renamed the manhole covers. No, <laughs> but he cares. That's not what feminism's about, right? And... Well, can I, can I, can I talk about some of those, those culture war red herrings yeah. that people get caught Stuck up with up. And, mm-hmm. and the right has learned to use this for many many years yeah. this is how I knew we were in big trouble in 2004 I think I've told the story before but in, back in 2004 we're on the eve of the election where George W. Bush is running for re-election he's running against Kerry mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to be close which it was yep. it looks like Florida's a swing state and if Kerry wins Florida he's going to win the election I'm in Florida yeah um, in South Florida and I'm working in this sales department. It's a long story, but whatever. I'm out to lunch with some colleagues. Um, it's maybe September or October. The election's coming soon. And we're talking about the election, like a group of five or six of us. And one of the one of my coworkers is this this younger woman of color. Well, she's she's a Hispanic woman. She's got a kid. She's she's I think she's from a Cuban background, so her parents are probably pretty conservative because right. Cuban conservatives you get into that whole thing but she is she is kind of a blank slate politically she yeah. doesn't really know much about politics she's gonna vote but she doesn't know much okay low what they call a low information voter yeah right yeah she's not necessarily an, an unintelligent person she's sure. just an, a, a low information voter when it comes to politics sure so we're talking about who we're gonna vote for and she she pipes up with well, I don't know about Kerry because I, I hear he wants to take "In God We Trust" off the the dollar bill. Oh my God! And so, of course, I I I remain calm and I and I very explained to her in detail why a that's 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 bullshit. It's a it's an urban legend. Right. Nobody, you can't do that without an act of Congress. Nobody you know. cares enough to even want to. Well, do I that? didn't even bring that up. Well, nobody like, cares. The but like, Satanists don't even care. My big question was, why do you care about that? Right. Like, right. Why like, is this a, you're not going to vote for this man because of that? Right. But anyway, so she listens to me and she kind of nods and she seems to absorb it and it feels like I got through to her. Yeah. Cut to a week later, same group of people in the same car going to lunch. We talk about the election again and guess what happens? What? She's talking about... In God We Trust? She says, well, I don't know about Kerry because he wants to take In God We Trust off the dollar bill. <laughs> and, and at that point, I was like, oh, we're fucked. Yeah. 
Because what has happened here is this person hears this, whatever it is, whether yep. it's Fox News or from her abuela or Spanish language radio or... It's all, that's the whole point is she hears online, it on all of those things. All the time. It's been drilled into her head. From multiple sources, especially if it comes from multiple sources, it must be true. Yes. And yep. the right is pushing these kind of things to yep. distract people and it's working. And even if you sit down and try to talk to them, you can't get through to them because it's been drilled in their head over and over and over again. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do now with the Dr. Seuss stuff, with the cancel culture stuff. Yeah. Because it's always worked for them. Yeah. This this mindless, unimportant shit just playing to like, oh, these left-wingers want to do this crazy stuff and change everything. Why do we need to change everything? Right. You know, right. why, why can't I read my kid Dr. Seuss? That's crazy. Right. Why can't I? Well, I don't know what they went after some movie recently. I don't remember what it was. Mm -hmm. You know, why can't, why can't, why can't Mr. Potato Head be Mr. Potato Head? That's just crazy. Right. Why, why, why would, why would they take In God We Trust off the, off the currency? That's crazy. And it, right. It doesn't, nobody cares about Mr. Potato Head <laughs> or Dr. Seuss. <clears throat> or money. I mean, not money, but in God we trust being on money. Right. But it's pointing to exactly what you said, which is what we've been talking about, is like, it's changing. Somebody's saying something that I like or do or am used to really is all it is. Something yeah. I'm used to, something I've never thought about before that's just mm -hmm. always been this way, especially that sentence, it's always been this way, right? Can't change because it's always been this way. It's always been this way. When people talk about, you know, when we talk about like prison abolition and like big ideas like that, the number one complaint or, or sort of pushback I get from it, there's two. One, dangerous people, which we can talk about. Number two is, what's the alternative? We've always done it this way. I don't know what else we would do. And I always say or think or try to come up with examples of, and I think I'm going to use from now on after having watched The Crown, <laughs> like we used to think that like a God-given... Sovereign and monarchy could never be changed for centuries. We believed that mm -hmm. centuries and centuries. We believed that that was true and it's not anymore. So the things that you think could never possibly change always change. This country was founded on ideals of slavery and we don't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So like all these things that have always been this way doesn't mean that they always have to be this way. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, should we talk there, there was there was something else we saw a movie or something that we were going to review or talk about besides the crown and i've now I've completely forgotten what trying it to is. think of what we've watched i mean we've watched a lot of stuff because we have because it's COVID. i mean we'll talk about the crown in a second but there was something else that we had recently watched and we were going to do a review about it we we're going to talk about it maybe it was a movie that i paid for us to watch like we we plunked down 20 bucks yes we plunked down 20 bucks to watch some movie. No, I can't remember at all what it was. Promising Young Woman. Did we, did we never did talk we about it? Did we already talk about it, though? I don't remember. I think we did. Okay, let's talk about The Crown, then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think that we talked about it. Um, yeah, we did. We must have. Anyway, if we didn't, we'll go back and listen. So let's talk, talk about, about The Crown, because it was really yeah, interesting. It is interesting. So, like, I think I was talking to my physical therapist about this. Um, I never in my life have cared about... The monarchy. Um, I didn't. I don't follow the royals. Um, I just. It's not something I ever really cared about. Even Princess Diana was sort of like in the periphery for me. 
Um, and so I really didn't know how I was going to feel about this show or like care. Like it's just not something that I care about. But it is so good. It's so well acted and so well written and so compelling that like regardless of how you feel about the monarchy, regardless of how you feel about royals or your well, interest it, level, it's good enough it, it, as a it, show to it watch it. It gives you all of it, right? Yes. It, it gives you the part, the stuff that would make you maybe sympathetic to some of them. It gives you plenty to make you not sympathetic at all to any of them. Um, it, it shows... I think it really depends on who you are when you're watching it. I was thinking about this a lot. Like, I'm watching it and I find myself wondering if the writers intended for me to feel the way that I'm feeling when I'm watching it. Because I imagine that they didn't. I'm watching it as someone who hates imperialism and colonialism. And so even though the the hero of the show really is Queen Elizabeth, right? She's the protagonist. For the most part. Right. It's about the family, but it really she's the center. She's the queen. Um, and talking about like when they go to the different like the commonwealth countries and the different countries that are a part of that and then some of these countries decide that they want to be free and they don't want to be a part of um the the monarchy anymore and all of that like all i'm doing is just like rooting for the argentinians right i'm just rooting for all of these countries to get out from underneath the monarchy and out from underneath imperial control and like the show is not doing that at all it is trying to be like this is like their characters are saying like this is really important to me it's my life's work to make sure that these people believe that we're a part of this family blah 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 they frame it in this weird way um so i think depending on who you are as you're watching it like you could really take a lot of different things from it i would be really interested to see somebody who i think there's something for everybody like conservatives people who like ronald reagan people who like economic conservatism Mm -hmm. probably would love this show it makes margaret thatcher seem i think you could find her to be um a likable character i cannot find her to be a likable character no 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 no. i wouldn't say that at all i I, and i don't think the show i don't think the show does that she's not a likable character but it does show the complexity of her character and you can you can uh, appreciate the fact that somebody is a complex character and have certain sympathies for certain aspects of their life without being a fan of them. It's not it doesn't have to be black and white. Totally. Margaret Thatcher is is a horrible garbage person and was a horrible prime minister. I do appreciate the fact that she was a woman in a man's world trying yeah. to wield her power. 100%. Um yes, but she still wielded it horribly and And is a traitor to her gender. Yes. Yeah. So she believed that she, as a woman, should be able to be prime minister, and all other women should be kept under the thumbs of men. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. She said she it out loud she, multiple times. She thought she was special in that. Yes. In that She's the only woman that's special. She's a right. traitor. Right. To women everywhere. Yeah. Um, and to just human beings. Um, but I think if you were to be one of those people that likes her, and you were watching the show. You would see that she's like kind of dynamic and she takes on all these things and she wins and she's smart and she hates the queen and she's like <laughs> this working class hero, right? Like all those components are there for you to be like rooting for Margaret Thatcher if you're that kind of person. If you're not and you're me, you're like, God, she was a monster, right? But the, mm-hmm. the show's very like neutral on how they I think so. play it. Like it's not played for me well, or like, you or, or anybody. Here's the thing about the royals. from it what you will. Now the tabloids have always blown up and sensationalized any scandal or personal thing happened with the royals but this goes so much deeper yeah and i'm pretty sure they hate this (laughs) they do no they've been in public in the media about it yeah because it really lifts lifts the veil and shows all their frailties and their 
their peccadillos and their human frailties and their lusts and desires and wants and all the things that they do not want projected into the public. Right. The like whole when point when of you, the monarchy is yeah. to be like above that. Yes. All of that. Yes. When you're a kid and you see the images of the stoic Queen Elizabeth like blankly waving at everybody, right. like that's what you think. And as a kid, you see Charles and Diana just smiling. You know, do right. they have a nice marriage? Oh, they right. got divorced. Okay. And then like this shows you like all the dirt. all the horrifying horrifying parts of it. Yeah. It's so interesting. Well, it shows the human parts of it. Yeah. These no, these are human beings. And but also just like the institution of the monarchy, um, the what they call it, the firm. Not in the show, but in real life, that's what they call it. Is yeah. the firm, the institution itself, and. And just the damage and destruction on a personal level that it brings to everyone that's in part of it. Like the very last episode, spoilers. Um, yeah. Prince yeah. Philip is, to, or not Prince Philip, Philip is talking to. Uh, yeah, he's still Prince, Prince Philip. Philip. Yeah, is talking to Princess Diana uh, right before she's about to get divorced, I think, trying to talk her out of it. And it, he talks about that exact thing that the institution itself, every single person inside of it, even the most close members to the queen, which includes him, her husband, right? Her sister, her mother, all of them, he calls them lonely and lost and sad. And like all of them are a part of this thing. And the only thing that matters is the queen. It's Mm -hmm. a horrible institution. And she, it's not that she's a a horrible person either. I don't love her, but I don't, she's not that she's a bad person. It's just, that's the way the monarchy is set up. And it's completely out of step with the modern world, right? You're like, you're trying to have a foot in both of these worlds, even though you know the the foot you're in now is mostly ceremonial, you still have to keep up appearances as if the monarchy means something. Right. So, but everybody says it throughout, like, Wow, this sucks, but we have to do it. Yep. And the it, monarchy only exists if you believe it does. And, and it's like finally Harry's like, you know what? I don't really. Well, that's what's have so interesting about it, right? Is like, <laughs> do I have to do it? Eh, fuck it. We've been watching The Crown for months, mm-hmm. and then having been almost finished with it, when the Oprah interview comes out with Harry and Meghan, is so interesting because I now have this different. I have knowledge now that I wouldn't have had before had we not been watching it. And I do think it's so interesting that two things. One, I don't think there's anything interesting about the idea that the British monarchy is racist. Um, If you look at the history of the British monarchy (laughs) and how many dead black and brown people it resulted in, the entire takeover of entire populations, the slaughter of millions of people who didn't look like them for Mm -hmm. their own gain to take the resources and natural resources out of places. it's no surprise that the British monarchy is fucking racist. Um, it's just that we don't talk about it in those terms. And to see this like pretty privileged movie star talk about being treated like a black woman um, by a racist institution was shocking for a lot of people. And it was shocking that they were saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think watching The Crown and watching Diana's struggles, and you know, you don't know how much of it is 100% correct, but I think it's... Our friends at You're Wrong About do a good deep dive on Diana. Right. Um, like a three, four-part series. Right. It's good to listen to. Yeah. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. I was sort of waiting to be finished with this first. But Harry says something in the interview with Oprah that when they were leaving, um, they went to Canada originally, and they were going to still be working members of senior working members of the royal family. Um, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they got cut off. And what that meant was that they were all cut off financially, but that they were also cut off from their security. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about the British tabloids and tabloids in general and the British, the the monarchy, like they are hounded constantly. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons they left. And 
so they had to figure out quickly, they had to scramble and figure out what to do. Tyler Perry, of all people, offered them one of his houses in L.A. <laughs> and security yeah. for a couple of months while they figured out what they were going to do. And what they did for money during that time was use money that Diana had saved for her son, Harry. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are to believe that all of this is bullshit and the monarchy is this wonderful institution that protects its own people and, and all of this is nonsense and it's all right, why on earth... Why on earth would Diana, who had future kings, right? William will be a future king, just like her husband was a future king, if the queen ever dies. Why on earth would she need to save money for her son? Why on earth would she need to do that? He's a direct line to the king. He's the brother of the king. Why would he need money? And yet she did, and yet she did. And I think in part it's because she knew Margaret, right? She knew the story of the second. And also because... The institution was so bad and was so toxic and was so awful that she did leave it. And I think she saw it coming. I think she knew that her sons were going to be of a different age and a different time than the monarchy was going to allow. And so she saved money and she was right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's extraordinary. <clears throat> and I guess we don't have to talk about the Meghan Markle, uh, Prince Harry interview with Oprah. Unless That's what you're... I was just talking about. That yeah, I, I know. But unless you're living under a rock, we don't have to remind you that it happened. Right. right <laughs> and, and, no. the, and the ongoing fallout from it. So last thing, I want to talk about Myers Leonard and anti-Semitism. Yes. So Myers Leonard is an NBA basketball player for the Miami Heat. I grew up in Miami. I'm a big fan. I actually know personally one of the commentators who used to play for the Heat. It's a long story. I went to school with his brother, Whatever. Yeah, you're a Miami person. I'm a Miami person. I mean, you're not, thank God. You, but you come from Miami yeah. and you were there for a very long time. So this guy, Myers Leonard, he's uh, he, he plays center for them. He's injured, so he's out for the whole year. Okay. But uh, he's an avid gamer, and he sometimes streams his Video games. games you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> so he play, he's playing, I think, one of the new Call of Duties. I haven't played for like 10 years. I used to play some. Um, and in the in the midst of playing, and he's online streaming, he uses an anti-Semitic slur. Starts with a K. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. And, and maybe this is like a good thing. There's like a good and bad part to this. The good thing is genuinely, I think so many people, especially younger people, had no idea what this word meant. Oh. And I think... It, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. And I think I'm, I'm just reading Twitter and Facebook. What? And they're like, they're like, wow, I had never seen this word before. I had to look it up. And like, okay. That's... That, kind of great right yeah but the flip side is really bad and i'll explain why at first when myers when myers leonard you know there's been a big to do he's away from the team he's asked to he's been fined a large amount the team may trade or release him now because this is miami and the owner is jewish this is a really problematic yeah i mean even if the owner wasn't jewish this should be really problematic but it doesn't help but there's a lot of jews in florida (laughs) i'm no kidding there's there's a lot of jewish Jewish... season ticket holders right 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 so in any event um, myself included, being a Jew from South Florida. Correct. <laughs> so Myers Leonard says this. His immediate thing is like, wow, I didn't even know what that word meant. I'm really sorry. And at first I didn't believe him. And then I'm like, wait a minute. He's like 28. He might actually not know what it means, which is the bigger problem. Oh, wait. He's saying he didn't know what it means? Yeah. And I wrote a Facebook mm-hmm. post about this. And you know what? He might be telling the truth. And in some ways, that's even worse because he's probably heard that word thrown around so much in his gaming mm. culture yeah. that he's just like, okay, 
it's whatever. It's like one of those made up words from the Mandalorian, the made up curse words that Disney allows because they're not curse words. Mm. Like in his mind, that's that like maybe what it means. And so what does that tell you about gaming culture? Yeah. Now, this is why I stopped doing this. And, and, and you know, you, all you need to do is go to any message board or YouTube comment section, although they've cleaned that up recently. And you can see how in that culture it's like a game to see how racist you can be or how anti-semitic you can be or how misogynistic you can be and it is mostly younger white men so some of that comes naturally but to me my first impression was wow what if he really didn't know what it meant and it's just so prevalent in that atmosphere in that environment in that world that these words just get thrown out and you don't even know (laughs) you don't even know what you're saying now, now, whoever started saying that definitely knew definitely what knew what it meant, right? I don't buy that he didn't know what it meant. I don't know about that. I thought you were saying other. You were saying like other people didn't know why it was offensive and had to look it up. Well, based on that, I think that might be true because it's <laughs> other people his age or even a little older. Our friends have come to me online who are not that much um, younger than me, saying, "Wait, what was the word? What does that mean?" And I've had oh to like God. explain like. Yeah, it is a virulent anti-Semitic slur. Yes, yes. And it is it is kind of old-fashioned, um, but then so is anti-Semitism, and it's I just mean, it made a comeback in the Trump era. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about anti-Semitism that I want to talk about briefly before we go. Because before I met you, I really... I did not grow up with Jewish people, right? Mm -hmm. I grew up with very waspy people. Um, Even on the West Coast when I was there, there's just, I didn't know a lot of Jewish people. And I think maybe because of that, I don't know. I just never really heard anti-Semitic things. And so for me, I sort of thought like, that's done. You know what I mean? Like that's maybe some weird fringy people are still on that bullshit. But for the most part, Nobody is out here being like, we should kill Jews. Like, that was just not a thing that I was on my radar. It was something I thought was over. It was something that I was like, obviously, that's It was not a never thing. over, over, but it definitely went underground, way underground for yeah. many years. Yeah. But also, I was wrong about that, too. There, There is stuff. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sensitive to it because I... I wasn't sensitive to it. Um, And there was stuff. I just didn't know that that's what that stuff necessarily meant. Right. Um, And so that's been a learning process. But certainly now, like, to your point, in the Trump era, like, holy shit. Well, Charlottesville, right? Charlottesville really put a spotlight on how far that's come to be allowed to be mainstream. And then all the sitting Republican politicians talking heads who either tried to defend it or minimize, they're still doing right, it, right. downplay it, including the president of the United States. Yep. And then, Very good people. And then Very good people. us Jews had to say, wow, we're back. We're back right. to this. Right, right. Like we've, we've just wound back the clock 50, 67 right. years. It's so crazy to me to think that the people that we have lauded forever, the greatest generation, are the people who fought in World War II and fought Nazis. Fighting Nazis was like the greatest moral triumph of the West, beating the Nazis. And the reason we were beating the Nazis was for well, that's, a lot of reasons. That, that, but, <laughs> but, I want to talk about that, yeah. But one of the things that we think of as Americans or we're taught as Americans, right, is that 
We went in and we beat the Nazis because they were just slaughtering Jewish people for being Jewish, right? right? And so it's so interesting that we frame it that way for kids. We frame it that way in the culture. And then when it sounds good, the reality is much more complicated. And then when literal Nazis start popping up in our time and saying the things that the Nazis used to say and wearing the same things that the Nazis, literal Nazis wore, right? So they're Nazis. They believe they're anti-Semitic at their core. They believe in, in the annihilation of Jewish people in addition to black people. And well, that, and that idea was so prevalent that within 10 years of the end of the war, 15 years, it was being lampooned in a sitcom, right? Mm-hmm. Hogan's Heroes. Mm. was. I never... Yeah, was that the idea of Nazism and and Nazis, you know, was was so crazy and far removed as what we believe as Americans. We're going to turn it into a joke now for primetime television, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you get older, you start to learn certain things about the reality of World War II. Well, yeah. it was really hard to get into. A lot yep. of Americans didn't want to get involved, yep. even though they knew or they didn't believe or they downplayed what was happening, right. what were happening to Jews in Europe. Yep. And there were plenty of Nazi sympathizers. And you we had Charles. We sent back a bunch of Jews. We, we sent to back come a over bunch of Jews. And all of FDR them died. turned a ship yep. full of them around. And they're dead. And Charles Lindbergh was very popular. Yep. And like, it's like, no, it's a lot more complicated than that. Now, ultimately, when we realized. Hitler could ultimately be a threat to attack the U.S. mainland. Yeah. You know, now all of a sudden, yeah, he's our arch enemy. And oh, by the way, we're liberating these camps. And to be fair, a lot of Americans who maybe necessarily didn't necessarily love Jews and saw the atro- the atrocities mm-hmm. of the concentration camps really were like, you know, this is absolutely horrible. Yeah. These are human beings. Right. Even though I don't want a synagogue, you know, on my street. Right. So, but there's shades of gray. It's complicated. After World War II... And, you know, the rise of Israel and we are all allies yeah. with Israel. Yeah. yeah. To be a neo-Nazi, you had to go way yeah. underground. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, it is the most unpopular thing you can be for good cause. Like I said, we grew up thinking like the greatest people on earth beat the Nazis. But they've been chipping away at that now, right? Yeah. For a long time. Like you couldn't be an NBA yeah. player 20 years ago and say the K word. No. And, like, you still can't to an extent, but, you know... There was no hand-wringing about it back then. Yeah. There was, it wouldn't have happened because there would have been no hand-wringing about it. It would have been like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah. Done forever. Gone. It's not even a question. It's not even something you think about. Mm-hmm. In the same way, sort of, that, like, we didn't... You, we used to bring, like, white supremacists on TV to argue about whether or not racism was okay. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> right. And then we kind of started doing it again. Yeah. Like the last four oh, well, years, well, we sort of started being like, "Well, is it racist?" Well, now yeah. they've they've seeped into the mainstream, yeah. and there some of them are elected. You talk about someone like Paul Gosar or Steve King, like right. they're right. there among us, yeah. and the the press is like, "Well, we can't treat them like a Klansman with a hood because they're an elected official or they work for this major yeah. network or as competitor, and we can't seem as though we're taking sides." Mm-hmm. High NPR, right? And now you're legitimizing them, right? And they feel like they 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 that's all they can do. We both sidesed ourselves yeah. into a white supremacist and saying, "Well, what is what is the Nazi point of view on this?" Right? Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. This guy must be legitimate because a bunch of people elected him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that what well, we're saying? Not a bunch of people at all. He was gerrymandered into a weird district. Right. 
with a few. Some people, people voted for him though, but he's and a they were just member fine. Of the US with, they were just fine with him being an anti-Semite. Right. One hundred percent. So no. we can't say that he's an anti-Semite. No, we we, we have, have to say we have a member of Congress who we've talked about in depth believes in Jewish space lasers. We have a member yep. of Congress who literally went to a white nationalist rally before heading to CPAC. And we have literally a member of Congress who at the January 6th rally was saying, you know, Hitler had some good ideas. And like, that's where we we had a sitting president who was like, these guys at Charlottesville are some really fine people. Right. So yeah, it came back. It came back. And so anyway, circling back on Myers Leonard, I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt that because of his age, because of how prevalent, disgusting things are, if this guy started gaming 15 years ago when he was in middle school um, and he just heard words like that thrown around, he very well may not have known what they meant. Yeah. So and isn't we, we this can't then, know that for sure. But isn't this then another great opportunity to talk about the toxic cesspool that is gaming culture? That's that's the main point, right? right? I mean, awful. literally, it is the worst place on earth. Yeah, when, when this whole Gamergate thing came about. Ethics and, and gaming ethics journalism. And ga- it's about ethics and like that really so many red flags, so many people in my life. And I was like, okay, delete from the friends yep. list, delete from the social circles. I thank you. Thank you for outing yourself. Yep. And you want to say I'm canceling people? Oh, well. Yep. You know, I'm yep. doing just fine yep. without them and they yep. have not changed. No. I mean, the fact that that was a scandal and we had to actually both sides, whether or not we should just like dox and harass and nearly like kill this woman for doing something. Well, it's still happening. We haven't, we haven't gotten into Taylor Lorenz and what the horrible things Greg, Greg Glenn Greenwald is saying about her, you know, um, yeah. with this, this toxic culture of the Barry Weisses and all <sighs> these people that are... You know, like we're circling back to where we started. Cancel culture is yeah, bad because right. you're pu- pushing neo-Nazis back underground. It's right. Like, well, no, maybe not. Maybe cancel culture is doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. Right. I would. I don't have a problem canceling Nazis. And, and like, <laughs> I don't know why this is an argument we need to ever have with anyone. It's ridiculous. The marketplace of ideas, Rachel. Other than if they're just the asking only questions. person, right? The only person who should be offended by me are Nazis. Are you a Nazi? No. Then what are we doing? The fact that Antifa, right, is like this slur for you know black people and people like me mm-hmm. who are angry about I don't know racism, uh, and all it means is anti-fascist, anti-Nazi. Like, yeah. aren't we all that? You would think. You aren't we kind of all against fascism? I know the greatest generation who fought in that war we were just talking about certainly were. They did worse than punch Nazis, by the way. Yeah, shot them in the face, killed them dead. Now, granted, it was war, just, but like, I think mil- they did. Are we really going to wring our hands about throwing a milkshake at a Nazi? <laughs> like we used to murder them, kill them for good reason. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we've gone ninety minutes without even taking a break. I guess we <laughs> no, have a lot to be. say. <laughs> sure, we still do have a lot to say. We'll be back Always. when we're back. We're not on any schedule. We don't get paid for this. So, uh, oh, just want to say our, our, I don't want to say our good friend. I've talked to him, you know, a couple times on Twitter, but Michael Hobbs of one of our favorite podcasts you're wrong about yes. no longer works at Huffington Post because mm-hmm. Huffington Post got rid of their whole culture section or whatever. He didn't get canceled. He did not get canceled. He got laid <laughs> off. Yeah, he did. But he, but that, his podcast is doing just fine right now. So listen and contribute. He has two podcasts. Has the other one podcasts. is Maintenance Phase, which is fucking great. Yeah. It is all about dispelling gross 
fat phobia yeah um in all of its horrible forms including the one i listened to most recently was about the biggest loser yeah and just like how bad that show really was the next one that they're doing is about weight watchers and i can't wait also horrible (laughs) my my dad used to go to weight watchers yeah it didn't do him any good so okay anyway anyway we're done uh if you have recently done been watching the crown you want to get more insight on them and princess diana check out you're wrong about they do a whole like four or five part series and uh, that's it for us. Stay active, stay tuned, stay involved with Travis. I'm Rachel. Talk to you when you talk to you. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.